How's it going, you creepy Christmas cucks? What's going on this week? <laughs> Good one. Good one. <laughs> Goodness gracious, Gravy. You know we're ready to get this party started. Ow! Hey, this is this is the cuff that, that one just came right off of. <laughs> was it, it was that cuff, not the other one? No, it wasn't the other one. If it was the left cuff, it would have been a much stronger joke. <laughs> like I saved that one the right to Christmas. Cuff. Yeah, that was a right cuffer. As you can tell, I'm feeling much better this week. Uh, l- listening back to last week's episode, boy, was I a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> I was muting so much just to cough. A it little was, bit, yeah. It was ridiculous. So instead of the Theraflu, instead of the Theraflu, maybe you should have been eating some brains if you were a zombie. Maybe that would have made uh, you I feel better. I were readily available. <laughs> you got to go out and find some brains. Brains? Go, go, fuck that. I'm going to get a guy. Brains in this economy? I'm, I'm sure you can find a brain guy. I you right. can't even get chicken in this economy without putting down a fucking mortgage, okay? And I'm supposed to get brains? Look, before I got sober, I never paid for blow, but it always ended up in my nose. I'm sure you can find some. I'm sure you can find some brains for free. Yeah, it's probably Listen, a blow I, sort of situation. Like you know, go to a club and some guys just like shh. This way, you know, I got brains. I got some brains over here, baby. <laughs> you, you accidentally stumble into that back room looking for the bathroom, and like there's just like a bunch of nefarious types just chowing brains, <laughs> chomping on the brains. <laughs> just sitting in a weird room with like a neon light, listening to Aphex Twin and eating brains. <laughs> hey, hey, no shitting in the brains room. No, there is no defecating in the brains room. This is where we eat brains. Yeah, no it's, it's like. It's like no sex in the champagne room, but there's no shit in the brains room. There's no, no shit, shit in the No brain. shit in the brains room. No shit in the brains room. No shit, shit in the brains room. Ain't no shit in the brains room. They're not equipped for that. There's no plumbing in there, okay? Is this where Peapod uh, gets in and he just says, this is too unhinged. <laughs> I, I'm sure he's, uh, I'm sure he's like, his his finger is just hovering. <laughs> yeah, above Floating I, above uh, I was uh, tempted to just, just, got, ju- just to jump on and go, this is aggressive. So <laughs> you called me out, Germ. You barely know me. You already got me figured. God damn it. <laughs> you know, we gave him a right. dossier before he got here, you know, breaking down the personality and the many shades of Peapod. <laughs> the many shades of Peapod. That's going to be your 70s character. It's like a, a heavy character driven drama where you meet the, the teenager love of your life. Not much happens in the movie, but it's the <laughs> many shades of Peapod. I think of, I think of him more as like the Wizard of Oz because he's like, you don't see him. He's like behind the curtain, you know, kind of control. He's the wizard. <laughs> yeah, if don't pull if back you get it when you pop in. Just be like your head green, like the wizard's gr- like head, and then like curtains on either side. It's the wizard of pod. It's the wizard, it's the of, wizard pod. of pod. <laughs> Fucking gold. The wizard of pod. I like how he turned his camera on just so we can see him. Just for a second, give a disapproving and grimace. then just turn it back off. <laughs> Like you three freaking son of a guns. I love all three of you. Just for the record. 
<laughs> okay, poor son of a bitch. Uh, he's he's got to put up with so much of my shit. <laughs> nah, happy to. <laughs> This is why I'm here. I'm the straight man, and they are they're the wild card. <laughs> We're the wild cards. There's, it's just a deck of wild cards. <laughs> Let's see how straight you're after to tweak those nipples of yours. Ow! I don't think there's any non-wild cards in this room. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, probably it's right. Nyquil, and I'll I'll take up that I'll take up that mantle. Uh, last week I was very, uh, very on the rails. <laughs> I know I kept pushing us along. I was like, hey there, big guy. Let's uh, talk about the next one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and you know, even when it comes down to like talking about movies tonight, like one of them is going to be interesting to talk to because, or talk about because it was like set up like a hallucinatory, like a hallucinatory fever dream. Why watching it in a hallucinatory fever dream? No shit. So it was like just like doubling up on a. And it's like fuck, fuck it up in this. It's like, so I'm gonna have to like rewatch it, like not full of uh, uh, Nyquil's and cold medicines and like sweating and hallucinating. <laughs> well, on that well, note, good. let's get this terror train back on track, babies. What's everybody been watching? Mm, well, we should. What's our our main movie today? We're gonna talk about a Spanish horror movie before we get into. Well, um, after so uh <laughs> I, I actually picked this one out uh we're gonna we're going into christmas season so the next couple episodes are gonna be christmas christmas movies um this is day of the beast from 1995 um it's not like a direct christmas music movie uh wow not a direct <laughs> christmas movie but it does have quite a lot of christmas tropes music santa hats and caroling involved. Well, it takes place on Christmas Eve. Right. Well. So it's a Christmas movie. So it is a it's Christmas, Christmas movie. movie. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, a lot of people that like, go straight to your silent night, deadly nights, and all that. Um, we're we're trying we're gonna give it a little, little bit more pizzazz, hopefully, and maybe like pick out some of the ones some jazz hands. <laughs> it was it was between this and what blood beat? Yes, it was between we this and blood beat and I, yeah. I uh, this is a far superior film, although Bloodbeat is super fun. Uh, yeah, give we, me some Alex Della Iglesia anytime. Yeah, we decided this, this one was a lot awesome. more fun to, to talk about, and Kelly had never seen it before. So no, I've never was... seen this before, and I, I absolutely loved it. This will become a Christmas staple for me now. From now, Ooh, on. I knew this would be like so you. up your alley. I love it. I love this one. I had a they blast. Stuck some of your your exorcism uh, in there that you love so good. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, uh, uh, well, uh, let's talk movies. What are we watching this week? Who wants to start? Chris, you start since you were all sicky last week. Let's, uh, let's... All right. Uh, the first <laughs> one I watched, and this is uh, the, the aforementioned what I had talked about where I was in a, uh, a fever dream. And the movie itself was also set up like a fever dream. So I'm curious to go back and watch it. Uh, it, it wasn't that I was like completely out of it when watching it um but part of the way this the, the the movie was made was purposely to make you feel like out of it while watching it this is a 1992 star time uh written and directed by alexander cassini uh, apparently he's only made like one other movie aside from this um this was a really interesting movie it was small uh it had uh, i think five actors total 
Um, yeah, five actors total. Uh, ba- and there's not a single line of dialogue for like the first 20 minutes. And it actually does a really good job of like setting up this character by like showing this like this vicious cycle he's in of like he's basically he's suicidal, his life's off the rails, and he finds um, comfort in this television show called The Robertsons, right? The Robertsons gets canceled. He's going to kill himself. And when he's about to do it, the dad from the Robertson shows up and he's like, yo, I'm a jump too. Let's do this. It's like, we ain't got nothing to do together. Uh, Neither of them can end up doing it. And what it turns into is like, kind of like one of those movies where, where one is, you're not sure if it's his inner monologue or if he's projecting, which is this father character uh, telling them that he's going to be a star and all he has to do is start murdering people. So he's getting ready and prepared to do this. And uh, the entire time he's wearing this baby mask. So he is also called baby face, uh, which uh, uh, it was like a clean version of baby's face from Hills Run Red. It just didn't have any of the cracks or any of that shit. So I'm curious if those had anything to do with each other. Um, this one was like more psychological. It's all told from his point of view. He's definitely like, like really out of his fucking mind, but like, the other cool thing they did, and like to, just to make this feel even more unhinged, is they recycled actors, and if it wasn't a main actor in the movie, it would never show their face. Like, like they were they were like meaningless characters just for like to propel the story, and it like didn't hurt the story any way, shape, or form. It actually made it like cooler. So I don't know. This was this was a really weird movie. Um, the the two main actors, the guy that starred in this thing, I don't know how he hasn't popped up. In like a million movies, I looked to see if he did anything else. Did like four movies total, but he looks like a mixture of like fucking James Dean and uh, 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 what's ah, it's not a tip by tip, but he has like this like very like fifties sixties like like pretty boy face, and then the the dad the the Robertson's dad that's talking to him like he's got like this like really traditional like grandpa face that makes him like lovable and likable it was it was a really cool movie um it'd been something i've met, been meaning to watch for a while just so i thought the cover was really cool uh i would recommend it i watched it on tubi it wasn't that long uh, i give it three hell yeah no yeah. very cool very cool i've been yeah. uh very curious about that movie for a long time i think it was one of vinegar syndrome's first releases or one of their earlier releases and that cover is, is definitely is intriguing and I'm glad that uh, you checked it out, and I'm glad that you talked about it because now I'm gonna definitely check it out. Uh, you know, Tubi for free can't go wrong with that. Oh yeah, yeah. It was one of those things where um, I was endlessly scrolling for a movie to watch. Now, like I went in there without like anything picked out ahead of time, and it's like you know I've almost pressed play on this thing so many fucking times. Fuck it, I'm not looking through another rack of movies, you know. So just started it and. Glad I did. I had a good time with it. I'm going to definitely revisit it now that uh, uh, I'm better. Um, just to see if it was as hallucinatory as it felt while I was watching it already in that state. Uh, but yeah, definitely check it out. Fun. Hell yeah. What was that one called again? Star Time. Star Time. Okay. Star Time. Whose time is it? It's Star Time. Star Time. Star Time. <laughs> We're going to get like a whole karaoke CD of Germ T. Rippers. 
Uh, uh, me doing backups. Do you know I still yeah. walk around? I still walk around randomly singing R double E L real vile R double E L vile. I love it. Been like four weeks and I'm still singing the theme song that I made up. We need to make a <laughs> remix. Yes, right? Yeah. All right, who's well, next? Kelly? I'll go next. I'll go next. Killer um, Kelly. This killer, one killer, I haven't killer. seen since I was younger and I remembered about it. It's a fucking great Christmas movie. Um Jack Frost from 1997. Not to be confused with the 1998 um movie of the same name for children, Jack Frost. And which you know, is they say because- that, hold on, they say that movies for children. That no. movie leak as fuck. The one with oh. Michael Keaton. It's oh, real Michael fucked Keaton up. One. Anyway, go on. Yeah, um, yeah, don't show your kid this one. Although the snowmen do kind of look alike too. I can <laughs> yeah. I can see how they would be easily confused, especially coming out like a year apart from each other. <clears throat> but you can watch this on Tubi, Pluto, Crackle, Plex, Peacock. Um, there's also Rift Tracks versions of this, which are pretty good. Uh, this was written and directed by Michael Cooney. Uh, oh no, directed by Michael Cooney, written by Jeremy Page. This is also Shannon Elizabeth's if not first movie, one of first movies, you know, like the the hot foreign girl in American Pie. I don't know. Yeah, fun fact. Yeah. Fun fact. But you know, that, um, that, basically, that... what? Go on. Nope. I was going to say, that scene did not age well. Those kids would have been like in fucking prison for what they did with that girl. But anyway, go on. Dude, right? Uh, yeah, but basically this follows, this is what happens when you mix genetic acid DNA of a serial killer and snow, apparently. This follows, um, he's like a felonious murderer on his way to be executed and, you know, runs into a car filled with genetic acid and melts into the snow and becomes a murderous snowman. I mean, the plot's quite simple. They don't go into detail. They don't try to explain too much, which is what makes it beautiful. <laughs> this movie's fucking fun, man. Um, it's gory as shit. There's lots of great like uh, one-liners, such as, well, it ain't fucking frosty. <laughs> and like, world's most pissed off snow cone. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was good. But, I mean, basically, it's a snowman running around murdering people. He's trying to seek revenge on the cop that arrested him. And um, he moves around by, um, you know, melting into puddles. Water moves, I guess. And he, like, just kind of, like, glides. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of. I mean, he drives a car. It's ridiculous as shit. It's fun as fuck, though. Like, I got to give this one at least a four and a half. Um, he shoots was out. It, was, it part, that... what? was it part one or part two that had him, like, killing the girl in the shower? I was just about to get there. There is okay. a snowman rape scene. Again, this is don't confuse this one with the Michael Keaton one. <laughs> but yeah, a snowman rape scene in the bathtub. Um, yeah. It's 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 an all-around fun one though. I don't have a lot to say about it. It's it's basically it is what it is. It is what you expect it to be, and it's fucking awesome. Anybody else have any comments on this one? <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's awesome. Punch. Uh yeah, I I actually hadn't checked this out until Vinegar, not to keep up bringing up Vinegar Syndrome, but yeah. I hadn't I hadn't watched this until Vinegar Syndrome put it out a collector's edition uh, Blu-ray of it. And uh, yeah, I loved how uh, indicative of the time that all the one-liners were. Oh yeah, and, it's super uh, campy. Yeah, I love the campiness of it mm-hmm. and um, how they did the, they did a very uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3 on thing where the, 
the kill was the punchline to the joke. You know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah. very Herschel Gordon Lewis. Yep. Very yep. fun. It's a horror comedy. And uh, I haven't seen part two. And I yeah, now I need to see part two. Um, mm-hmm. I heard it's very much like um, it's very meta and it's very um, like Gremlins 2. So, yeah, now that you it's- brought up part one, I've got to check out part two because I'm sure. sure it's probably streaming on all the. Yeah, I think I've seen it on Tubi. I think it's definitely on Tubi. But it's also funny because you can tell this was filmed somewhere warm. Like, there's a part where there's a snowman contest, and there's no snow anywhere else. Like, they do a wide shot, and there's just, like, this <laughs> little puddle of snow, or, like, pile of snow where kids are... There's there, no breath. <laughs> like, there is a scene uh, later where they're driving in a car, and if you pay attention to the pedestrians in the background, they're all in shorts and uh, t-shirts <laughs> and, like, walking dogs and shit. <laughs> I mean, I it's it. fucking great, though. I I love this movie. I would definitely recommend it. I yeah, it so much fun. Yeah, so much so fun. Much Definitely fun. a party movie. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I love movies like this where they just know what the fuck they are. And instead of like trying to be like, I know we got a dumb premise, but we're gonna make it deep. It's like, no, we're gonna make this exactly what they're they're yeah. they're buying the ticket for. You know, like this this is we're it's a stupid premise and we <laughs> love it for it. So let's just get as silly as possible. No, no idea is too bad. Let's jam them in, you know. <laughs> right. I mean, and for a snowman, he's insanely hard to kill. Because he just melts yeah. into water and obviously can move. So Kelly, how do you how do you kill snow? <laughs> Which I kind of love that because like all the slashers of that time you couldn't kill, but yeah. this one actually had a reason why you couldn't kill him. Yeah, it's fucking snow. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> if the weather's right, there's no doing anything to that guy. Okay, right? Yes, exactly. Exactto Hell yeah. All right. Um, well, uh, first one I'd like to talk about is called Lake Alice. Um, I actually had Googled like uh, horror movies that take place on Christmas or Christmas horror movies. And I came up with this one and I was like, oh shit, look at that. The cover is like this really creepy uh, person wearing a ski mask and it's bloody. And I was like, okay, well, it's going to be a Christmas theme slasher. And um it was one that I hadn't seen before and it was a Christmas slasher that didn't look like Santa Claus because it seems like every Christmas theme slasher is either Santa or snowman or something along those lines. Um, so like the cover really pulled me in. And uh, when I started watching it, I was like, Oh, well, you know, the acting was decent enough. Uh, so the actors were, were, you know, above, above mediocre. But then as the story progressed, I got immediately bored. I was like, oh, this is not a good movie. Came out in 2018, and um, it it really has no excuse to be as boring as it is uh, and predictable. Uh, I was planning on giving this like a four right from the get-go because of how cool the cover art was. It went down to a two, a one and a half two pretty quickly. Uh. Um, Yeah. I was just like, I felt bad for the cast because I was like, um, you, you guys are better than this. And I don't know who any of you are. You're no, there was no, like no name brand uh, actors or actresses, but uh, you're better than this. It was kind of scream. It was kind of, I know what you did last summer, but way more predictable. And it was, just, yeah, I can't suggest it to anybody. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> I watched it so you don't have to. Um, yeah, I'll keep it at a one and a half, maybe two, two stars at the max. So give this sucker a veto. Yeah, yeah. Avoid, <laughs> avoid it. Avoid. You know, don't get drawn in with the bloody ski mask like I did. <laughs> right. So my next one, um, I went in blind to this thing. Uh, it was fucking weird, man. Like, and I love weird, and I loved this movie, but it's been toying with my brain ever since just trying to like figure the metaphors and all that because it's not told like a traditional story this is um saint bernard 2013 by gabriel bartolos um this guy only made one other movie before that and it, it was one i really enjoyed called skinned deep which was like this really weird horror movie um that had warwick davis throwing plates at people and a giant with a giant brain and another dude with a metal mouth chowing on motherfuckers but uh this one was more of like an art piece. Um, it's extremely gory. God, I'm trying to figure out how to fucking even describe it because I'm not even sure it's a horror movie, but, but it's very gory. Basically, you got like a music conductor and his world starts kind of unraveling around him finding this decapitated head of a St. Bernard that he starts carrying around. Um, it gets into like, like real fucking artsy fever dream um, territory very fast where it's just like crazy special effects and things that are all supposed to be metaphor and you're supposed to just kind of like on unpack it with your brain i watched it this morning i've been thinking about it all day and i'm still like trying to figure out everything i saw with it uh this was made a uh, long time head and lauder collaborator um the guy who just did all the special effects for all the head and lauder movies so basket case frankenhooker brain damage all that stuff he's worked on a lot of bigger movies too um his brother is Brendan Smalls from uh, hmm. Megalopolis. Mega oh, no shit. Megalopolis, which I thought Megalop was really fucking weird. Home movies. Then home movies. Yeah. Like, I was just like, wow, that's, that is really interesting. <laughs> you know? Um, but I mean, he's, he was also like backup actors in some weird movies like Day of the Dead. He was in Spookies. Uh, he was in the Tim and Eric movies. Um, he had like makeup for like Leprechaun. Uh, the watcher movies like but this is only the second movie ever made um i can't really describe what it's about because i really don't know what it's about I, I have my idea what like the underlying meaning of it is but with that i actually would give it a high rating um it was a really cool watch the special effects were really cool you could tell that there was a really unhinged mind behind it um some of it looks like a live version of mad god um it was just a weird fucking movie so uh there's not a lot I can say about it, but I'll give it a four and I'll say check it out, but only check it out if you're one of those people that like really gets into like artsy flicks, splatter flicks, like stuff like Brazil, things like that. Uh, check it out then, uh, but I'll give it four. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like when Severin came out with the Blu-ray of this movie, I only bought it because it was the guy who directed Skin Deep. And I was like, oh, I popped for that when I got it. And uh, yeah, it's an amazing film. It's um, it's one of those movies that you definitely uh, would watch because you're enjoying it for the art of it. You, you know, you're not necessarily watching it for a linear uh, narrative. You're more or less just enjoying the uh, the sights, enjoying the art, and because uh, when I was watching the making of, 
I remember that it took them forever to film it because everything was Ten so years. meticulous. You know, some of those sets were crazy. And uh, yeah, so um, I want to actually go back and rewatch this now that you brought it up because uh, there is a lot of metaphor. There is a lot of subtext, but I uh, don't remember because I watched it when it first came out on Blu-ray, which was a couple years ago, but it's, you, it's a great movie. Would you consider it a horror movie? Um, to a degree, it's definitely yeah. if it, if it, if you don't say if it's not horror, it's horror adjacent. Uh, yeah. it, it's definitely a genre film, and it's uh, I, I yeah, I would recommend it as well. But as just like you said, don't go in expecting a movie that is going to make sense to your average viewer. Go in expecting art. Yeah, violent, gory, splatter, art, <laughs> and you're gonna. I mean, it's one of those things that like you're gonna see things that like just don't make sense to your brain in this thing, and it's gonna take you a while to like unpack it. You know, absolutely. Like, I mean, at one point, there's skydiving raw chickens, and they really did it. They they went up in a goddamn plane, and they were skydiving raw chickens with parachutes, and it's it's a weird fucking movie, man. Okay. <laughs> With that, I'm tagging. Out. <laughs> yeah, I, I like Kelly's response. Okay, <laughs> she knows the kind of movies I watch. She, she knows what 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 alley this is in for my viewing. Uh, I'm not uh, surprised by anything movie. anymore. <laughs> anyway, all right, is it my turn? Am I? I think next? it's on me right now. Actually, that's no, Kelly. All right, let's go, Kelly. Yeah, Kelly, all right, Kelly. Uh, hey, hey. All right. Uh, the next one I watched is a newer Hammer movie. Um, this one's on Hulu. It's The Lodge. This one was okay. awesome. I really enjoyed this one. It's um, It follows these kids following the death of their mom. They kind of go stay in a lodge with their dad. Like It's in like northern Michigan. I'm not exactly sure where, but it seems like that sort of place that's lots of fucking snow. And they go stay Escanaba. up there. Yeah, something like that. I, don't, I didn't catch where exactly where it takes place. But... Um, they go stay up there during the winter, like following the death of their mom. And they want their dad wants them to get, get to know like his new girlfriend that he's been dating. And um, like, she's got kind of a weird culty past. I like this movie a lot because like, you don't know if it's like, like what it's going to turn into. You don't know if it's like a cabin fever induced, like PTSD psychosis sort of fucking thing. Or if it's like more of a, like more morbid or like death or ghost thing going on. And, and it keeps you guessing throughout like the whole movie. Um, I like, I don't want to go too much into the plot of it cause it will give it away. Um, and I don't want to do that, but this was a good one. It, it still like invokes that same sense of dread that hammer movies are pretty like good for. And I don't know. I liked that about it. This is a it's enjoyable. I without saying too much, there's not a lot I could say about the plot, but I would definitely um I'd definitely check it out. It's on Hulu. Yep. Um Yeah, no, I, I love the lodge. It's it's such such a smart modern noir film. It is. And it, you know, it's kind of claustrophobic. It's it kind is of claustrophobic. like uh it's got so many smart angles to it and uh -huh. You know, I've talked to people that are like, oh, that woman's horrible. And then other people are like, those kids are horrible. And yeah. I'm just like, the family is horrible. Yeah. Um, it keeps I'm definitely more on the woman's side than the kid's side. But yep. that's just me. I'm not a very kid-friendly person. Right. Um, yeah. 
But yeah, it's a great movie. Uh, very smart, very well done. And it is a Christmas film because they go up to the cabin to celebrate Christmas. Oh yeah, it is It is a Christmas film. I was thinking it was just a cold one. But it, it's one of those movies that like make you feel cold too. Like you're just yeah, like, absolutely. you know, it, it's a fucking great movie. I definitely would recommend. 100% agree. How many stars would you give it, Killer Kelly? I'd give it four. I'd give it four stars. Nice. For sure. The high ratings go around tonight. Oh, uh, like yeah. It. I Alicia love it. Silverstone's in it. I didn't catch the other what? actors. Yeah. Yeah, she's How's in she it. She's looking nowadays. She's, she looks all right. She looks all right. All right. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, then, I guess it's my, it's my turn now. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, I, once again, I watch this movie so you don't have to. Oh, uh, boy. It's called The Nutcracker Massacre. Oh, God. It came out this year. <laughs> 2022 and when i saw that when i saw that cover art of the crazy looking nutcracker with it's the got big some sharp great fangs, cover art you cannot you cannot not watch that like when it pops up on the tubi like this is suggested for you it's like here's the ticket i'm going for the ride and i expect i expected it to be worse than it was like i'm like if this isn't horrible i'm gonna be disappointed and it wasn't good but it wasn't horrible either um the acting was uh not stiff you know which uh, i actually appreciated um and then it kind of had a very creative backstory on the mythology of the nutcracker which i don't think i'd ever heard before um <laughs> because i'm not like a ballet guy or nothing but just the the nutcracker protecting the sugar plum fairy and blah, blah, blah. And so this took that mythology and turned it on its head. And now um, it's a soldier that's possessed this giant nutcracker and is going to kill everybody to protect the one true sugar plum fairy. Um, it, it actually, you know, not horrible. Um, I'd give it a hard uh, two and a half, you know, if I was feeling more generous, a three, but a two, hard two and a half. Maybe you got to give it a point uh, alone just for that cover. I mean, that yes. cover rocks. <laughs> <laughs> it's you beautiful. Get, they probably spent half the budget just getting that cover. Like, all right, people will watch it anyway. Just get the good cover. Right, exactly. It's like, besides the cover, and I like the kind of original story. Um, yeah, besides that, it's like, Okay, how much longer? Oh, this movie's only, you know, it's not a long movie, but it still had me looking at my wrist. Like, okay, dudes, uh, let's wrap this up. <laughs> Put a bow on it. It's Christmas yes. Day. Come on. Better than Lake Alice, but not by much. <laughs> I almost watched it a couple times, too, just because, you know, like, I was trying to get um, Christmas movies that people might not have seen yet. You know, like, what, what we've been trying to do, give them recommendations, like why we're yeah. doing Day of the Beast. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad you jumped on that grenade before I had to, because I knew it was going to be dog shit, <laughs> but I, I was still well, so curious. There's another one called On the Shelf, and it's Sammy the Killer Elf. Uh, oh, I almost watched a few of them. <laughs> one thing I've learned, like, doing this podcast, that movies with massacre in the name are <laughs> are usually not awesome, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or awesome in a completely awesome. opposite way. <laughs> But, uh, oh yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, sometimes you're surprised because. Oh yeah. Uh, I think it was either last year, or the year before, I, I I jumped on the grenade of Santa Jaws, 
about the killer Santa Claus. Yes. I almost watched that like and yesterday. I, I, I kind of liked it. I, I oh no, I did. I liked it a lot. It's, it's on my. Actually, it was fun. It's, it's, yeah, on it's my actually watch way list. way better than it deserves to be. <laughs> Get yourself about like three eggnogs deep, <laughs> and, and press play on Santa Jaws. <laughs> Hell yeah! All right, am I up? Yep. Yeah, boy. all right. This is giving me my Christmas recommendation. I, you know, and uh, I have stuffed this movie down so many people's throats. I'm pretty positive Kelly owns a copy because of me. So many of my friends who probably watch or own copies because of me that they haven't even watched. Because anytime I saw this thing in a new and used record bin for like less than two dollars, I would buy it and just give it to people. And this is Santa Slay. Yep. Um, spelled S L A Y, starring Goldberg. The WWE WCW wrestler. Yes. Um, as a murderous Santa. So it's it's quite interesting to have a Jewish wrestler as a murderous Santa. Um, also has Dave <laughs> Thomas in it. Not the um not Wendy's? the not the Wendy's guy, uh, but the comedian who's uh one heart half of Strange Brew with Rick Moranis. Um I love this fucking movie. It knows what it is, just like Jack Frost. Um, it's like we're gonna make something really, really dumb. Mm-hmm. It has maybe one of my favorite opening scenes ever in a Christmas horror movie in this fucking thing. Like within the first couple minutes, he kills Chris Catan and Fran Drescher. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, Fran Drescher. Yeah, like like all these like super famous people. <laughs> and it's like, how the <laughs> fuck did you get this? And and like even the the the, the crew, like like fucking Saul Rubinek is one of the stars in this thing, you know. So I come to find out. That this was, um, God, what was the director who made Rush Hour? Oh, I don't know off the top of my head. I'm looking it up, but I, he's the assistant of a really famous director. And he came to him with this script. And they're like, you know what? I'm going to really, I'm going to help you get this fucking thing made. And that's how this movie got made. Um, there's a claymation scene. Brett uh, Ratner. That is like, Brett Ratner. Yeah, that's right. Uh, there's a claymation scene that uh, um, uh, is a parody of like, um, uh, the old Rudolph cartoon. Um, they couldn't afford reindeer, so they just got one giant water buffalo and painted it. Um, but basically, Santa, Santa lost a bet to Jesus. Uh, when they were playing, um, what the hell is the name of that? The curling. They were curling. They curling. Lost, he lost a curling bet <laughs> to Jesus. And in, and because he lost his bet, he had to be good to everybody and give up presents every year for 2,000 years. Well, the 2,000 years are up. And Santa's coming to, co- to come to collect. And that's all this really fucking this movie is. It's absurdly hilarious. Um, it's funny to see Goldberg as Santa because this is also came out like when Goldberg w- like was still a younger guy. Like he wasn't like older Goldberg that you see now. Um it's it's really fucking funny. Uh, Fran Drescher gets set in fire and drowned drown in eggnog, which made the whole movie worth watching alone. So uh, I give this thing four. four. Uh, it, I watch it every year on Christmas or around Christmas. It's one of my personal favorites. Can't recommend it enough. Santa Slay 2005, and I think you can watch it on Tubi. Uh, the only place the only place I found it was streaming was on Amazon Prime, and you had to pay for it. It was either two ninety nine uh, or three ninety nine. But yes, uh, Santa Slay is absolutely my number one favorite 
uh, Christmas themed movie, uh, any genre. It's uh, so much fun. It is fun. And, uh, you know, similar to, like you said, Jack Frost. Yeah. It has that thing where it's very punny. It's very campy. Mm-hmm. Uh, every every kill is a punchline to a joke. Yep. Uh, I know I say that a lot, but that's that's uh, totally makes me pop whenever I see uh, a horror comedy like this. And I'm pretty sure that the entire cast is Jewish, uh, which I think makes the a Christmas movie. You know I think that, you're, you might, you be, might right. be right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. that I'm pretty sure that the entire cast is Jewish, which makes this Christmas movie even more subversive. Um, and when you talked about the the stop motion animation sequence, that is uh, totally an homage to the Bankin and Ra- uh, Rank Bankin and you know what I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> Rankin and Bass um, stop motion animation. I always pop for that. I don't care what style of movie or documentary or whatever you're doing that's Christmas themed. If you put in something similar to Rankin and Bass, I will definitely pop for that and that will be and not only that 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 scene is the the setup of the curling scene so they they do yes. the curling part yeah. in fucking yes. stop motion. well and that's what makes me think that it was maybe made either by a canadian or in canada because curling is not an american thing but not really no no it's much more of a canadian uh sport well known in uh canada but I do yeah, think there I, is a curling place in Toledo because I used to work for the paper and I'm pretty sure I made an ad once. <laughs> nice. Fun fact. Um, yeah, no, I like I I put this off. I put off seeing this for so long because I was uh, put off by the cover art. And I was like, this looks fucking horrible. And I think it was that opening scene of the family sitting around the yeah. uh, the table, you know, all grouchy and like backbiting and being crappy to each other uh, on Christmas Eve. And I think the opening scene is on YouTube alone. Just that, that opening yeah, scene. Watch that yeah. on its own and you'll yeah. watch the whole rest of the movie. Yeah, but like sure. that, that alone like dragged me. And I was like, this cast is amazing. That opening scene is freaking gold. That Goldberg gold. Uh, yeah. I guess it's a clever play on words, even though it wasn't intended to be. But uh, when Goldberg comes down that chimney and just annihilates that family in various well, ways, and like they, they all deserved it. Like from minute one, you hate this family, and he destroys yeah. them, and it's just like Chef's kiss. Not only that, the way they introduce them, you know, they they try to do like the traditional Christmas thing where like the dog starts barking at the fireplace and you see a little soot come down and they're like, Santa here. And then you see some boots drop (laughs) and then he just walks through the wall. (laughs) He just comes straight through the wall, takes the star off the top of the Christmas tree and just whips it to somebody's chest. Yep. Tell this movie. That's the first 30 seconds of this movie. And I think like any great uh, Christmas or holiday themed genre film, um, this still maintains a sense of whimsy, a sense of like magic and wonderment. And you can't, you can't make a good holiday film. I don't care how bloody or violent it is. You can't make a good one without a sense of just Christmas magic. If you take that out, it's not going to be good. Yeah, it's not gonna be. You, you can't have that that Christmas spirit 
it just won't work. Yeah, yeah even Jack Frost whimsy. had the Christmas spirit as well. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, the town comes together. Yep. They've got to believe in Santa or whatever the case may be. <laughs> they got to believe and work together and everybody. Yeah. And once you True. get that whimsy, once you got that magic, it works. No matter how much blood or violence you've got to go through to get it. Hell yeah. I mean, and it doesn't skip. You know, there's plenty of blood and violence and stuff too, but even that is done in like a slapsticky way. I mean, there's like there's there's explosive presence and you know, like all kinds of I think at one point they have a bazooka. It's a silly fucking movie. And the fact that Dave Thomas was in this the whole thing too is like the shitty drunk mayor was great too. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, uh four stars tagging out after that. All right. Um, yeah, I got another super cold movie. Mine is 2010's Frozen. And I mean, this is on freebie to be. You know exactly what this is going into it. You know exactly what it is from the cover. You know, it's your basic survival movie where these kids get stuck on a ski lift. I didn't realize who was in it. Uh, uh, D. Snyder's in it. Yeah. He has like one line. Yeah, I didn't realize that at first I until I kind of looked it up. Kane Hodder is also in it. I, I believe he's like the uh, operator of the one of them, at least. And then Emma Bell, one of the girls that was in The Walking Dead. But yeah, basically three kids go up on a ski lift. Um, they're forgotten about and they're stuck on a ski lift for a week because it's a Sunday and the place the place is closed. So they're stuck up there. So this becomes a survival movie. And what I liked about this movie is even though it all takes place on this one ski lift, they did a really good job at keeping it intense as fuck and keeping you like... Um, uh, invested in it, in, in the story. And like, is this girl going to survive? Like, it gives you a sense of anxiety throughout the entire thing. And the wolves, my God, the wolves. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's not a lot to say about the plot, but it, it's a good one for one of these type of movies. And I like it for this season. And like I said, it makes you feel cold. Um, There is some good gore in it as far as like, you know, some frostbite and shit going on. It gets you like on edge with some of the scenarios that they have to go to through to try to survive. Yeah, it's enjoyable. I'd say. Good. Uh, yeah, I really like this one too. Uh, I like Adam Green in general. Um, yeah. I had already, I've already talked about digging up the marrow on here. But uh, I really liked, uh, you know, Digging Up the Marrow, I thought was like the poor man's nightbreed. Mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. um, uh, the Hatchet movies, I always thought were just a lot of fun, even though I, yeah. I haven't seen the fourth one yet. But the first three were a lot of fun. Um, I think he just makes great movies. And uh, that show Hollister he had, it wasn't bad. He had Otis Urungus in there. That was sweet. So, yeah. 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 Much love to Adam Green. And I'll give that thing three and a half myself. I'd give this one three and a half. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I haven't I haven't gone back and watched Frozen uh, since it first came out, but I I remember hearing that uh, th I think this is one of the last breaths of uh, video stores being open. Uh, I remember hearing about parents accidentally picking up this instead of the the Disney. children's Disney movie Frozen, <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's hilarious because you know this is kind of a slow burn. It's kind of a psychological thriller. Um, yeah, yeah, you know it's an idea that a lot of people can kind of relate to because when you're if you've ever been on a ski lift mm -hmm. it's kind of one of those things you're like i hope i don't get stuck here ha 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 and then you see these three kids actually get stuck up there and like 
the the weather and the the wolves wildlife the wolves yeah everything is is it's pretty um it's pretty realistic and it's terrifying you know mm-hmm. what i mean that that's mm-hmm. much scarier because it is the realism that's associated with it and i know that um adam green grew up in the new england area similar to i do similar to myself and uh so like when i watch his movies i could be like oh shit i know where you got this idea from and nice nice it was his second movie i think i'm pretty sure it was yeah it was his second movie. yeah like, i didn't i didn't look that the up first but... hatchet movie and you think oh this is going to be his aesthetic he's going to be doing these retro 80s slasher movies and then he comes at you with this very realistic sort of psychological thriller that just keeps you on the edge of your seat it's like oh this guy can do other things mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know you don't know what's going to happen next and i'm I'm pretty sure his film after that was called Spiral, which was a total yeah. um, throwback to Alfred Hitchcock. Oh, uh, so that, that, that was more of like, like a Vertigo psychological was... thriller. That one definitely was. Yeah, I'll have to watch that. Vertigo is one of my favorite like Hitchcock movies. Is it kind of like after that concept? Absolutely. Yeah, one hundred percent. Oh yeah. All right, and I'm done with that one. I recommend. <laughs> <All right. laughs> very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well then, Mr. the other Germ funny T. thing Ripper. about Spiral, if I if I could just throw this in here, it stars the guy who played the the wannabe cyborg from Grandma's Boy, and just seeing him like in a <laughs> like a much deeper role, I just kept waiting for him to be like later losers. <laughs> you know? Anyway, yeah. go on. All right. Um, well, I watched. Uh, I can't think of what year it came out. I should have it queued up so I can look at it, but. Uh, it is called uh, She Was So Pretty, Be Good For Goodness Sake. And it's a sequel to the film She Was So Pretty, um, directed by Brooklyn Ewing, a uh, female director. And the first movie, She Was So Pretty, was made for zero budget. Literally no money. And uh, I mean, uh, there's a pull quote from me on the Blu-ray uh, that just says, if if Andy Warhol were to make a sleazy slasher movie, it would be She Was So Pretty. And uh, But to take the main character from that one and then move him into a Christmas-themed slasher, I thought was genius. I was like, oh, Brooklyn, you have freaking yeah. done it again. And she, she made this movie for $1,000, and um, it wouldn't... you you wouldn't be able to tell it was made on a thousand dollar budget. That's awesome. Uh, the sets are thing. The costumes are great. Um, you know, and it's all amateur actors. So uh, you can't really expect a lot, but at the same time, they're way better than they were in the first movie. And they created uh, a slasher or a, a stalker killer, whatever you want to call him named Elfie. And in the first movie, he doesn't talk at all. But in this one, he has a few lines and he's more of a he's almost a sympathetic character in this one. Um, But, yeah, it takes place on Christmas or Christmas time. And uh, Alfie's teamed up with the detective that was hunting him down. And now the detective like knocks on the door. People come to the door and it becomes a home invasion film because Alfie is now snuck in through the back door and they there's torture and rape and killings and all that good stuff. Um, it's mostly off camera. 
So, you know, you got the detective being like, I'm going to fill up your stocking or whatever. Some, some Something kind of corny, kind of clever. Um, but this one goes hard. It's like a lot of people don't expect uh, a female director to go as hard as a male counterparts. But, you know, and I almost forgot, like, why I fell in love with Brooklyn's work, because she's only put out two movies so far. She's working on a lot of other projects, but she's had, like, personal ups and downs um but i can't uh i can't suggest um she was so pretty to be good for goodness sake more because it's disgusting it's vile it's disturbing but at the same time it has a lot of heart like and it's weird to say those three words vile Mm -hmm. disgusting disturbing and then include it's got so much heart um you got your your killer elfie um you know, finding the Christmas spirit almost and falling in love. He has a love interest in this movie. And like, he doesn't actually just want to kidnap her and keep her in a cage and shove uh, gelatin into her mouth and lick her disembodied mm-hmm. eyeball. Um, Cause he, he likes to lick women. Um, he actually Ooh, falls in love with her <laughs> as a person. And uh, you know, there are a few twists and turns. And if you're going to watch this movie, I don't want to give it away too much, uh, but I highly recommend, uh, you know, it's a lot of words. She was so pretty be good for goodness sake. uh, Because if you like a Christmas slasher and you support indie horror films um, and you want to see something different, this is definitely different. It definitely goes hard. And uh it's got that sense of whimsy. It's got that heart that you need for a good holiday horror film. Uh, I give it a, I'd give it a four and a half actually, just because I love a, a dirty, I love a dirty slasher film. I love a yeah, dirty yeah. home invasion movie, and yeah. it has all that. But also, it takes place on Christmas, and it's got a female director who makes it really creepy. Makes it like, makes it hard to watch at times, but. You know, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen uh, a killer lick a woman's eyeball that's hanging out of her face. But I like it. yes, yeah, yeah, and and it's on Tubi. It's on uh, all the free streaming networks. Uh, I've got, like I said before, I've got the Blu-ray because it has both movies on it. It was a double double Blu-ray put out by uh, Scream Team releasing, and it's got a pull quote from me on it. So. <laughs> There's also that. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. So four and a half. Definitely check it out if you got a chance. It's definitely worth it. Uh, the first one is a little hard to get through if you're not um, used to more artsy films. Um, I'm trying to think of. There was a movement. Uh, what was that? Uh, when Harmony Corinne made that movie, I think it was his second feature, Julian Donkey Boy. Yeah. Um, but where you had to. About, but I can't. What was that? I know what you're talking about, but I can't think of the name they used. Right. But um, you could only use natural lighting. You could only use the, the microphone that's built in the camera. There's a lot of rules to it. And that's kind of how the first movie feels because it's shot for zero dollars. Um, but if you don't mind all that sort of lo fi uh, guerrilla filmmaking, check out the first one. But the second one, you don't need to know the first one to get the gist of it. Highly recommended. Go for it. Four and a half stars. Blah, blah, blah.
Where can we watch those? Do you do you know? Um, I'm pretty it's, sure they're they're all, all streaming. They're both streaming on um, Tubi and all the free networks. Because I know that uh, on Tubi, I actually popped for. There's a section for female directed horror. Yes. Um, I know that at least the first movie was under there. Okay. I don't know if um, "Be Good for Goodness Sake" is listed under there because I know that I had to search for it. But um, yeah, both movies are on there. And they're definitely worth a watch. Hell yeah. All right. With that, we're going to um, get on uh, Santa's sleigh and uh, uh, ride it on into Spoiler Town for um, Day of the Beast. And now for our feature presentation. So uh, I w- would definitely recommend uh, watching this one before we talk about it. Uh, I Hell think- yeah, watch it. I think it's uh, uh, pretty safe to say we all are about to gush over this thing because it was mm-hmm. so much, so much fun. It was. So if you haven't seen it yet, we're about to spoil the shit out of it. But yeah, Day, Day of the Beast, 1995. So, you Kelly, know, it was uh, your... Yep. It's on Tubi, isn't it? I'm sorry. They just took it off Tubi and then put it on Shudder. I don't remember where I watched it, but yeah, it was good. You can watch it on Shudder right now. Okay. Um, um, yes, my first time. It was my first time seeing it, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Actually, you went in blind, right? I went in blind. I had no idea what was going to happen. You know, from the opening scene, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I already like this." Pre-. You know me. I like I like demon shit. You know, <laughs> I like I like the devil and exorcisms and like priests and like that, that's my jam so like within the first five minutes of this when you know he's like oh i figured out the code and you're like oh so like two priests are talking yeah. and then one gets crushed by a giant crucifix and i'm like yep i'm invested well i not only does the one get crushed but the only reason the other one is saved is because he had like a like a fucking like three stooges fumble of his paperwork Oh, yeah. uh, that, and he's just cleaning up his paperwork while the other guy gets smushed. Uh, th- this thing uh, it, it is definitely a horror comedy that doesn't yeah. pound you over the head with a comedy, but it is. this is a fucking funny movie. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It's more of a, like, I laughed quite a few times. Like, it's more of a darker comedy, and you're right. They oh, don't yeah. make it known that there it, it even is a comedy. Like, it's definitely goes at you as a horror movie, but there's some things where you're just like, hmm. What? If you don't yeah. laugh at that opening scene, you're just not going to get the comedy at yeah. all. Yeah, yeah. 100% agree. It's like, uh, it's more of a dry British, it's almost a British humor. You know what yeah. I mean? Like something you'd see yeah. from Monty Python. I mean, this is this is a Spanish movie, and I think it's shot in Italy, right? Is uh, Madrid? Know. I know it takes Madrid, place in Madrid. That's right, Madrid. Yeah. yeah. So it's Spain Spanish, not Mexican Spanish. Right. But it and is how- subtitled. How much do you think uh, Schweppes paid to have that giant fucking Schweppes sign in there that they even crawl all over and everything? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's probably where the budget of the film came from. Um, that although, Kodak. Uh, when I was watching the making of a uh, documentary last night, uh, it was interesting to see how that um, Alex de la Iglesia, the director, was talking about how much easier it was to get his first film made that was about like a mutant revolution. And then when he came at the same investors with pitching the idea of, um, you know, uh, the apocalypse and the Antichrist coming to Earth on Christmas Day 
Mm-hmm. Um, nobody wanted to get involved for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> like it was really hard for him to get funding for this film. And I'm glad that he did because um, I fell in love with his work with the movie, the last circus, which, yeah. you know, is a period piece takes place during the Spanish civil war, but it's very much like um, Jaredowski's Santa Sangri meets Sam mm-hmm. Raimi's Spider-Man, which may sound okay. bizarre, but when you watch the movie, you totally know what I'm saying. Um, so when I fell in love with that movie, it was pretty much like anything he put out, I had to check out. And, uh, you know, when Severin put out this, um, I think they released on Blu-ray and 4K UHD, I had to pick it up and I was thoroughly impressed. Um, just having a Christmas movie dealing with the antichrist being born on christmas day Mm -hmm. to mock uh jesus you know everything everything was laid out like this was meant to mock christianity Mm -hmm, not mm -hmm. the movie but like that's what the plot line yeah that's the plot line of it and it was interesting that uh in the making of the two buildings that Mm -hmm. uh, you know point to where the antichrist is supposed to be born those were being built like when they were when they first first started shooting the film. So that wasn't even part of the original script. They just saw those two buildings. They're like, we got to include that in the movie somewhere. All right, run it. I love it. I love it it, it is a did. strong shot. Like, all right, the bottom of the stairs and his arms are out, and there's the two buildings behind him. Like, oh, yeah. lightning going off. Such an, yeah, am- yeah. such an amazing shot, you know. Then you get this priest that's figured out when the apocalypse is coming, when the Antichrist is going to be born, and to see him try and commit as much evil as he can, yeah. so that he can convince the devil that he's a you know that uh, he's willing to sell his soul to the devil, and then trick the devil into uh, taking out the Antichrist mm-hmm. is a is an interesting plot twist that I don't think I'd ever seen before or since. Um, it is. And it's... then to get more into the devil's head he teams up with a satanic metalhead who works at a record shop um, i love that guy so i love that guy too and the interesting <laughs> fact about that guy was some he was like literally just some rando that uh, one of the producers i think was friends with at a bar and he's like yeah you'd be good for this movie and alex de la Iglesia was like I, I want real actors <laughs> and they went through like three people three people that didn't want the part they're like we're not doing satan movies that take place on christmas and he's like fine <laughs> get the rando from the bar and that guy was great though that... does such a good job he killed it what, what... One of the things I liked about him is, uh, especially like the 90s was real guilty of this, and me being a metalhead myself is like, whenever you see a metalhead portrayed in cinema, they, you know, it's always like, they make him look like a hot topic. You know, they give him like a mohawk. Yeah. Like, they just make him dress like no metalhead actually ever dresses, and they'll be like, ride around this like Power Man and shit. Yeah. But no, this guy, you can tell, like, this kid loves fucking metal, man. He's got the fucking uh, battle vest with the patches and the long hair, and yeah, man. Yeah. And then when the priest goes into the the death metal store and he's like looking for like copies of like napalm death and shit, I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, right, right, yeah. He's pulling out venom and like you're like, oh, these these are real these are real bands and like makeup shit at all until like yeah, then, he pulls a cassette even, off the the back of the wall. Which if you know anything 
if you've ever been into like an independent record store, especially mm-hmm. back then in like the mid nineties, yeah. a record, like the guy that worked at the record store, everybody knew that guy. And he mm-hmm. would try to be like, Hey, my friend's demo is pretty cool. You should check that out. And that's you- literally, that is literally how I heard black Dahlia murder for the first time was um, I was at a, a old record store we had here in town called hole in the wall records and looking for death metal stuff. And Keith Bergman, who was the, he was at the time um, uh, a the the owner of the record store, but now he uh, he's a pretty decently successful stand up comedian. So check out Keith Bergman. Um, but he was like, "Hey man, check out my friend's band," and he gave me a what a horrible night to have a curse demo. Nice. I still have that thing. Apparently, it's worth a metric shit ton of money now. But yeah, that's nice. how I heard Black Dog. But like so many bands I've heard of was just like the guy by the counter, like, "Yo man, my boy's yeah. band just cut a demo here." And that's totally this guy. And then there's that guy on TV, that fake ass psychic that they're like, Haven. him, he'll know how to invoke Satan. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You got the you got the fucking metalhead's dad who just stumbles out of the fucking. Uh... <laughs> I, think grandpa. I think it was his grandpa. Grandpa. Yeah, his grandpa. That guy's that guy's whole role in this movie was just to be dick out and say nothing. Like, and they're like, did a great job at it. Shit. <laughs> Like wide fucking robe just comes out, dick out, and and, and like metalhead dude just gives him some acid. He's like, we're gonna pep up his day a little bit, you know. The guy's just you see him three times in the movie, <laughs> and he's just there, dick out, just hanging out in the background of most of these scenes. He never, he doesn't have any lines. No, and they're just feeding him acid. Like, look at this dong. <laughs> he's a go hard. He's a go hard. Well, anyway, they hook up with a fake ass fake ass tv psychic and they're like he's the guy that'll help us invoke satan and they break into his apartment and, like tie him up and try to like make him tell them how to invoke satan which involves the blood of a virgin and dosing <laughs> dosing the blood of a virgin with a bunch of acid it was and... supposed to be mushrooms but all they had was acid so they took yeah. a lot of acid <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of like let's just get as close to what we're supposed to do. Well, we'll half ass. Can you imagine going through everything those people went through with that much <laughs> acid in your system? That would ruin you for life. When that goat came out, and like, and by the way, the goat uh, from this and the goat from Drag Me to Hell were yeah. eerily similar in their fucking CGI. <laughs> right? They should Absolutely. be a tag team. <laughs> yeah. Black also, Club. by the way, uh, I know we're jumping all over the place, but this is yeah. something that also cracked me up. Towards the end, when they shoot up, that um, there's all those Santas on a stage, and the priest is like hiding up there. Did you notice that instead of a third Santa, it was a guy in a turban with blackface? Yeah. Well, it's supposed to be no. the three wise men. It's supposed to be the oh, three wise men. Oh. But still, the dude was you know, totally in blackface. They even gave him a fucking close up while he was dead. I remember yeah. him falling. I I couldn't. Uh, yeah, uh, can't remember his face. This one, you know, uh, the other cool thing about it was like, so the priest, in order to um, be believed uh, by Satan to be able to sell his soul, has to start doing all this evil shit. So like, you see this dude in a priest outfit, and he's even doing like petty shit. Like he's not gonna walk by a car without keying it. You know, like. Yeah, just all yeah. this dumb shit. He he throws a mime down a fucking subway ramp. You know, <laughs> it's just yeah, it's really all very, funny. 
very like low grade petty crimes and mm-hmm. like you know simple batteries and you know nothing really horrible nothing that's gonna Steal convince the, the devil oh yeah you're, like, you're evil dude no the guy the devil that's would dying be like, there's that one guy that's dying and the cop's like, oh, yeah, go give him his final rights. And he's like, I hope you rot in hell and steals his wallet. <laughs> steals his wallet. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of evil. That's a little evil. That, that, I think that's the worst thing that he did, though. I was like, oh, damn. You know, I don't like, know. Drugging and then um, taking the blood, the blood of that of woman. The virgin. That's pretty. Yeah. That's pretty evil. By the like, way, um, I don't know her. where they got that shotgun from, but that thing had to have like 420 bullets in it. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's like, that's not how shotguns work, but that's okay because like, that's not how any of this works. Yeah, there's a scene where the metalheads just racking and shooting this thing over and over yeah. and over to clear a crowd out. And it's already been shot before this, before this scene itself, like 14 times. I like when they're, <laughs> um, after they eat all that acid and the metalhead just can't stop up laughing like they're climbing scaling that giant fucking side and he's still he's trying back. to jump off yeah he's like "Ooh, i can fly and just leaves they're like stop and he's like i can't stop and he's just laughing like that was pretty that's totally something that's totally something you do on acid too yeah. because you just be laughing and be like oh, i'm gonna fly off this building yeah i'm that hanging off a absolutely. they nailed it <laughs> and i love how um i love how that he blindly followed the priest almost from like minute one like mm-hmm. oh this is what we're gonna do i'm totally on board i like and, your taste in music man and then i believe like- it wholeheartedly like me as a metalhead if i was working like and i have worked at a record store before if like mm-hmm. a full-on priest came in like yo i want your napalm death and i want he gave him a list of like three bands i recognized yeah. two of them the other one was like in spanish so i didn't know what it was but like he even starts like pulling out records like play this the dude's like yeah this thing's right he's like nah it's horse shit yeah, <laughs> like, like I'm looking for a message. <laughs> I want to be this guy's friend. Yeah, yeah. Well, they described it as um the it was supposed to be like the same relationship that Don Quixote had with uh, his sidekick, and I can totally see that. You know, yeah, once I... they said it, I was like, oh yeah, totally, that makes sense. I get um, that. And then um, the director Alex Iglesia also said that he was trying to make a movie similar to taxi driver and i'm like i don't he did the yeah i'm like did remind me of de niro from taxi driver in like two uh... or three shots i thought it during it i was like there was one shot where he came in oh it's when he pulled the gun on sandra or whatever the 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 psychic's girlfriend like when he came in the door and stopped her when she was escaping he slightly reminded me of de niro from taxi driver there but i that's, thought that that psychic had a bad ride that whole movie i mean he ended yeah. up like rickety cricket by the end of this thing but he also went blindly following him too like nope i believe you i see no that. he did not blindly follow yeah, not he blindly resistant so he saw that what the dude was talking was about goat. yeah sense. once he did saw we... the goat down his hind legs he was like and okay giant now, cockroach and all that now yeah. i think you're yeah. right now i th- um, now i believe that the antichrist is being born tonight and they got separated because of course he fell off the building and he gets, he, he's like, immediately, I got to get back on the air. I need to get in contact with these guys again. We need to stop the Antichrist. And, you know, they go to uh, the metalhead and the priest go to the to the metal club and they get kicked out because the priest is ripping the and necklace her. off the girl. They get beat up. And like the whole time there, um, there are these fascists that are mm. killing people that like, are saying, that's what I want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. They're saying like, keep Madrid pure. 
And so, like, Please there's not this undercurrent of fascism yep. going on. You know, um, I guess if it was, if you're going to compare it to anything nowadays, it'd be like the Proud Boys or something. Um, and but, but nobody, nobody's really paying attention to it. It's just there. Like, there's a scene in the convenience store, and I think it's the talk show guy walks in and he gets something from the freezer, leaves the money on the counter, and he He's just like steps over the body. Him and his girl for later. Yeah, they just step hmm. over. He just steps over the bodies and leaves the money and walks out like it's no big deal. Like this happens all the time. I did want to talk about that gang though, because like the the aesthetic and look they chose for these guys was hilarious yeah. to me. It's like it's like guys with like brandy colored glasses and like purple parkas with like scarves and a couple. Yeah, always got like a on. like a sports it, coat. <laughs> They don't look like thing. like thugs or like you know like hellions at all. They look like your dad's poker friends, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're running around setting people on fire and caving in heads with baseball bats. It's fucking wild, man. And then it turned out that one of them was Satan. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. By the end of the film, it was like, oh, these are the people we need to fight fascism. We need to fight fascism mm-hmm. with like literally direct action. And that's uh, that. That's basically how we ended it. Is you know, one of them turns out to be Satan and destroys him, but nobody knows that the talk show host and the priest saved the world. You know, yeah. they they wind up being homeless on a bench, and mm-hmm. like some other and rando from the like uh, rickety cricket. You said that? very very rickety cricket style from It's Always Sunny. Like okay. that, that that fucking psychic got his life ruined by following this priest, but he also saved the world. So I guess it depends on which way you look at it. Jerb, do you watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? I've never watched a single episode. All right, there's wow. a there's a character who starts out as a priest. Yeah, and through the actions of the main characters, which like the the, the whole premise is like this is a sitcom with the worst people on the planet, right? Mm-hmm. By the end of this this show. He's got like a missing eyeball. Half his fucking head is like melted off. He's like a homeless man who's like uh, got the has, big cut. He's got throat. a big gash in his neck that dogs try to fuck while he's sleeping and shit. <laughs> 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 but yeah, it, it ended up having that that he ended up looking like rickety cricket by the end of this thing. But how cool did fucking Satan look in this movie? Like those yeah. are some cool special effects. I really liked that part. For the time and I'm sure the budget, but I, I don't know. Did was this a bigger budget? I don't no. think so. <laughs> it, it wasn't a big budget, but at the same time, it, um, it was groundbreaking for a Spanish filmmaker to make an original genre film, an original horror film, and uh, it was very groundbreaking breaking for uh, a Spanish audience to see. Because it wasn't trying to, it wasn't trying to imitate uh, an American film. And I guess, you know, if you wanted to make a a Spanish film at the time, you had to make basically an American film with Spanish actors. And that wasn't, that wasn't the case with this. This is a very Spanish film and um, it was groundbreaking for the filmmaking in South America. Um, So, yeah. Um. It's definitely one of the greatest genre films uh, that takes place on Christmas. Uh, and definitely one of my favorite Christmas movies ever since I watched it. Uh, just because it is uh, 
funny. It is scary. It's got mm-hmm. some great gore and violence and action and so many twists and turns and great characters that you kind of care about that you do care about. Just you know? a good storyline all around story. too. An yeah. original story. Mm-hmm. And not only that, like it's it's gritty and nasty and gnarly, yeah. but still like funny too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like it's even it, when it's at its most grotesque, they can still pull a little giggle out of you. You know, like it's mm-hmm. it's pretty good. I like this one a lot. Um, yeah. It's been a number of years since I watched it. In fact, uh, I think uh, I ended up watching this because I, the the original movie I saw by Alex was a movie he made called Witching and Bitching. Oh my god, it's so yeah, good! Yeah, I think I've yeah. seen I hate that, that title, sure. but I love the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Great movie. And I was like, well, whatever the fuck this guy made, I got to check out. That's where I saw The Last Circus. And then I saw Day of the Beast. Uh, so this is why I was like, you know, we should, we should cover Day of the Beast, you know? So hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd give this thing four and a half. Four and a half is for me as well. I love this one. I, I absolutely but, loved this one. Like everything about it was good to me. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Four and a half as well. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Because it's just so smart. So well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's very close to a five. It's very yeah. close to a five, but I'm going to keep it at four and a half. Um, everything Alex does is amazing though. Uh, I'm excited to see his uh, first film uh, because Severin is releasing it. Uh, it was part of their black Friday sale. So once that comes in, I'm going to definitely check that out. And I'm sure is that the one probably... about the handicapped mutants. Yes. But yeah, the mutant revolution. Yeah. Uh, because everything he's put out, everything I've seen by him is so genre bending, so smart, you know, is always got comedy, always got action, always has a fantasy horror element. Yes, exactly. Hell yeah. what a cover. <laughs> That's a logo, man. So, yeah, <laughs> definitely the point. four Love and it. a half stars, you know, almost a, almost a five, uh, but definitely get a chance to watch Day of the Beast, watch Day of the Beast. Uh, don't do it for us. Do it for yourself. Yeah. Um. Next week we we'll, we will be back. Uh. Uh. With uh. Uh. Christmas bloody or is it Christmas Christmas bloody, bloody Christmas? Christmas. Yeah. Christmas the new Joe Bagos Christmas. movie, which looks fantastic. And yeah. uh, Joe's been talked. Or uh, his movies have been talked a lot about on the podcast before. We've always given everything he's done high ratings. I really love that this guy's done from. From Mind's Eye to, to Almost Human to VFW. VFW um, is fun. Kelly's a big fan of Bliss. I have not seen Bliss I yet. I love Bliss. God, I love I, Bliss. I, I know I'd love it. I just haven't gotten around to it. Fucking do it. Yeah, Bliss uh, Bliss is actually the movie that introduced me to his work. I think it was the first film that he wrote and produced and directed. Um, and uh, yeah, I saw it at Cinepocalypse 2019. And I got to meet him and uh, the producer... Uh, Jim Ether, I believe is how you pronounce his name. I'm not completely sure. Um, and I think that Jim had done a little professional wrestling and or boxing. He is, he, he's definitely a big dude. Um, but yeah, it, definitely check out bliss because it is a hyper stylized drugged out vampire kind of cannibal mess of, of pure beauty, grotesque, yeah, it's the type of thing that you would love, basically. But yeah, Bliss. He comes out with Bliss, then he follows it up with VFW. And now you're coming out with Christmas Bloody Christmas about a psychotic robot Santa on a killing spree. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Joe Bagos. And I um, you know, I tried to get him as a guest for next week, 
Unfortunately, he's busy with his next film, or else he would be on here. Um, but maybe, I'm maybe very excited. To, I'm very excited yeah. to watch it once it starts streaming. What is it on the ninth? We'll watch it. We'll talk about it. And I believe it's this Friday. It comes out this Friday the ninth. Yeah, then this it is, is. Tuesday the sixth. Hell yeah! Tomorrow's Very my cool. birthday. Happy blah, birthday! Blah, blah. Happy birthday to you. This is where I started stripping. Blah blah blah. No me. I thought you were really gonna do it. Okay, no, no um, I'm not. So we'll be we'll be back next week uh, with uh, Christmas Bloody Christmas. You can watch mm-hmm. that shit on Su- Shutter as of Friday the ninth. Uh, so by the time you hear this, it will already have been out. Um, if it's anything anywhere near as good as anything else Joe has done, um, I'm sure it'll be great. Uh, it's supposed to be uh, a murderous Santa in the vein of the Terminator with Fucking robots. Right. So um, yeah. But in the meantime, make sure you check out Day of the Beast, and that's on Shutter as well, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay, Day of the Beast on Shutter slash AMC Plus, and God bless America. Send nudes. Good night. Keep your stocking tight. Hell yeah. Hey, all you cats and kittens, all you ladies and lady killers out there in real vile land. This is your old pal, Mr. Germ T. Ripper, saying, keep it spooky, keep it creepy, keep it real vile forever. And don't forget, like, subscribe, and share all our content. Ow!